Hi everyone and welcome back to the Nourished Podcast. I am really happy that you're here with me today because I've got some quite exciting things to talk about. So rather than sort of blibbering on about just any old tosh today, I thought I would actually talk to you about something that I'm currently experiencing right now. So obviously I've talked a little bit about yoga before, I've talked a little bit about you know, well-being before and I've talked a little bit about me um, but I really wanted to try and talk to you today about a decision I made about three weeks ago maybe two and a half weeks ago actually and it's something that's on a daily basis changing my my life my mindset my perception of things and and I think this is an experience that I'm going to look back on in years to come and just be so so grateful for so what is this decision well obviously I'm already a um, registered yoga teacher I have completed my 500 hour yoga teacher training courses and when I finished that course I kind of felt like there was a big gap in my knowledge and there was there was still just you know I'd literally kind of taken a, a thimble of water out of the ocean and that was kind of you know that was all I'd learned during that 500 hour training and I appreciate that you know yoga is a journey yoga is something that you you live you don't just go to yoga class to do yoga you 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 live yoga you are yoga you become yoga and I I kind of wanted to delve in a little bit deeper and learn more about the philosophy and and the traditions and I wanted to kind of strip away some of that Western, um, you know, modifications that have been made to to something that's ancient, something that's you know, it's older than anything any of us know. So I started to kind of explore the different styles of yoga a little bit more, and obviously my 500-hour uh, yoga training, yoga teacher training, was in vinyasa, and we'd also covered things like yin yoga restorative yoga, um, chair yoga, uh, um, yoga nidra and although we'd covered all of these things there was there was something massively missing and and I kind of felt a pull to do hatha yoga and, and I always enjoy hatha when I go to class so I started to seek out if there was a way of doing just like a, a kind of a top-up class I suppose to find out more about hatha and 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 the philosophies behind it and yoga alliance i contacted yoga alliance and they came back to me and said yeah you just need to do a 50 hour you know hatha program but i i couldn't find one um for love nor money i, I scrolled the internet for probably a good week to 10 days just looking for something that was gonna cover hatha yoga and pranayama and i couldn't find anything um and I kind of in the back of my head I was thinking maybe I should just do like another 200 hour course um, teacher training and, and kind of start again start again but with a different style of yoga and kind of quite fortuitously really I, I was just twiddling about and I got an email from um, a book retreat booking company and, and they would book in yoga teacher training and one of them was a 200 hour hatha yoga teacher training so I looked into it and I was like okay this this looks really interesting actually this is something I could do it's it's not gonna 
break any kind of lockdown. It's not going to involve any kind of traveling because obviously we can't do that at the moment. So this is obviously what's making things difficult. We can't go to a physical place to learn. We have to we have to learn virtually through you know live lessons and live classes and and, and things like that. So. Anyway, I, I emailed the company and started to ask a few questions and then they reassured me, yep, it's Hatha, um, but we also do Ashtanga and Kundalini. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and I, I, in, in my head, I'm kind of like, I'm not ready for Ashtanga and I am not ready for Kundalini. They are two styles of yoga that I am not ready for. But as part of the course, you could do Hatha and Kundalini or Ashtanga. So I thought, right, I'll do Ashtanga. Let's get Ashtanga. That's that's something that I'm I'm a little bit more comfortable with than Kundalini. I have been to Kundalini classes before, and I've enjoyed them, but I am not quite ready, I don't think, to teach it or guide it. So Ashtanga, here we go. And the course started. Oh, one big thing I'm missing about the course at the moment. Um. Being online, obviously, you're, you're kind of the world is your oyster and you can pick where and who you train with. So for me, as I'd already said, I wanted to do something where I was going to learn a bit more about the traditions and the philosophy and the, the, the original um, practices and science of yoga. You know, even going back as far as, as like the Upanishads and the Vedas and things like that. So to me, it was important that the course felt authentic that the teachers of the course felt authentic and they were gonna share something with me that someone who you know have, has, has experienced yoga teacher training or yoga classes from a western point wasn't going to be able to offer and this really sort of struck me when I was looking through this course because they were in India the, the actual um, teachers of the course were based in India, Rishikesh to be exact. So, you know, the, the world capital of yoga. Um, and I started to kind of, you know, I was like, right, okay, I'm a little bit apprehensive because I, I don't know who these people are and, and I'm suddenly paying them a few hundred quid and I don't understand quite how this is going to work. They haven't necessarily got like a platform that they use. So I asked a few more questions to a, a lovely guy in their office in India. And he was incredibly helpful and, and answered all of my questions for me. And I just thought, you know what? Caution to the wind, girl. This is this has been put in your in your path for a reason. So let's find out what that reason is. And after I signed up for it, I suddenly realised that I was actually signing up to not just a yoga teacher training, but to have a a, a proper traditional authentic yogi guru teacher and this was something that kind of scared me but excited me at the same time to, to actually learn from the gurus of the Himalayas you know these are people that have trained with the masters of yoga these are people that have worked with people like um, you know um, guru Rama, um, Swami Rama, uh, Patabi Joyce, and you know various others, 
various others. Um, so yeah, it was it was kind of mind blowing really that I was I was suddenly sort of gone from being taught by a group of American women to being taught by true authentic uh, Himalayan yogis and gurus. So we received an email from, or I received an email from from the from the course from the school, the yoga school, inviting me to join um, a WhatsApp group and then inviting me to join a welcoming ceremony. So we received this message saying, "Okay, this is the link. This is how you log in. Make sure you wear white. Make yourself feel good. Um, make sure you're comfortable. Sit relaxed. And we're going to just basically have this." ceremony and it was traditional it was authentic there was you know so many uh, they had like the puja table and there was just so many trinkets and ornaments and 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 just bits and pieces on this table that were just mind-blowing to me I was like wow this is this is genuinely amazing this is something that you just <laughs> who wouldn't expect and the guru came on and he was talking to us um, he was giving us some really deep, very philosophical um, talks and this went on for about two hours on, on a Saturday evening so it was, it, was, it was late on a Saturday evening and we were all sat on Zoom and you could see from everyone's faces on this Zoom picture that everyone was just in awe, everyone was just absolutely amazed at what was happening in front of them on their computer screens and the fact that we were part of it, you know, we were live there with them we couldn't go to Rishikesh but Rishikesh came to us so um, that was on the Saturday and then on the Sunday as as Sunday is a day off in, in India we all basically had nothing to do then on the Monday we started our classes and we started to receive all of these messages from the WhatsApp group and we had kind of Google Drive spreadsheets we had you know links to various um, platforms we had uh, you know zoom links we had you know there was just loads of stuff and it was all of a sudden it was like wow overwhelm absolute overwhelm there was so much stuff coming to us that it was just kind of hard to grasp where to start and the the first class that we did now I couldn't actually attend the first live class because I was working I was actually working with a couple of clients of mine so but they record all of the lessons so you can then go back and watch them again so you don't miss out and when you're doing your 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 classes you're doing kind of two hours in the morning then an hour around lunch hour and a half around lunchtime and then another two hours in the afternoon which is all live plus you've also got um like an online platform with something like i have no idea i think it was about 130 something hours of videos on it so you know you can imagine looking at this stuff and it's just like wow okay there's there's a lot going on here there's a lot of stuff and having already done like a 200 and 300 hour course I was kind of expecting that but not on this scale this was something else this was like blow my mind amazing kind of just unbelievable I can't put words to it it was just incredible Anyway, the, the first class, um, the first Ashtanga, live Ashtanga class, I, I watched that, I caught up on that um, on the Monday evening and I was really, really just relieved when the teacher said we are not 
going to be just doing, you know, uh, Ashtanga Series 1. Um, in the class, we're going to basically be doing one or two postures per day and building the series up over the course of the next few weeks. And, and I must admit, I, I just let out a huge sigh of relief because I was terrified of actually getting live on Zoom and doing this Ashtanga Series 1 and being like, oh my gosh, this is just so hard. So the first day wasn't actually, there was no physical asana in the first day. It was all about theory. It was all about history. It was all about what Ashtanga is, what, you know, why, what are we doing in it? What are we doing in Ashtanga? Why are we doing it? And just explaining some of the science behind it, so things like the drishtis, um, you know, the bandhas, uh, and, and various other bits and pieces. And then on day two, we we started to practice the actual series. So literally in day two, we perfected uh, Surya Namaskara, uh, Namaskara A and B. Um, so sun salutations A and B. Um, and that was kind of enough, you know. I was I was sweating buckets after that first class. It was it was intense, you know. Ninety minutes of chaturanga dandasana drills. If you do yoga, then you know ch- chaturanga dandasana is is a great pose. It's it's a great posture. But when you're constantly doing uh, like the yoga foot from downward dog. Chaturanga Dandasana, uh, upward facing dog, downward facing dog. You'll know that 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 drill, that vinyasa in itself is is challenging. Um, so then to be doing it constantly for probably a good 45-50 minutes was hard work. Um, and then we were practicing yoga yoga foot. So that's that point where you roll over your toes from um, Chaturanga Dandasana, upward facing dog, back to downward facing dog. And literally by the end of that class, I was soaking wet with sweat, I was tired, my muscles were hurting, and I was just like, oh, do I regret this? No, but I am still slightly scared of it. And and fear is a good thing in some ways, because it does actually kind of make you appreciate the challenges that, as a yoga teacher, when you're teaching a class and you're used to the movements, when you're put through that kind of level of intensity, you appreciate how difficult it is for people who are not used to it so really enjoyed that and then we just started from then onwards we started to build up um the 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 series so we have now so this is what is it today it's tuesday today so this is day two of week two and we are we have finished the standing series so we have finished the surya namaskar a and b we've finished the standing sequence um and we have just started on the seated sequence so we're just going through uh, the various forms of um, dandasana and seated forward folds um so today's class was reasonably nice i actually felt quite comfortable doing today's class there's a few bits in it which are still challenging so things like um moving from a downward facing dog through to dandasana so obviously at that point you are jumping your legs through your arms crossing your legs as you go through and then straightening your legs out and landing in dandasana and then we had to reverse it so we had to go from dandasana to easy pose through to chaturanga dandasana um my legs don't work that fast at the moment 
I'm getting there, I'm getting better, but they're, they're, wow, challenge! But, you know, you've got to love a good challenge. Um, but I've actually just emailed the uh, the guru, so Guruji. Um, we have uh, unlimited one-to-one access with Guruji, which is amazing. So he teaches all of the pranayama and philosophy lessons. And basically, I've just kind of finished a couple of the pranayama lessons. And, and I, I felt compelled to to email him and, and ask a couple of questions but also just confirm and, and clarify just that I'm understanding. So there is like a language barrier which is interesting because it does make you listen a lot more. You you don't you don't give your brain that chance to switch off, which is, is quite good because I sometimes find that with online lectures I can drift and I'll start like, oh, I'll flick onto my emails for a second, or, oh, what's that on Facebook? I've got a notification there. So I start to drift, but I've actually found that with this language barrier, I'm I'm staying with it. I'm actually paying much more attention, which is good because I'm I'm learning a lot more. But in this uh, in this pranayama class today, we we, we were talking about um, obviously prana. So prana is is obviously um, a lot of people misunderstand prana. So a lot of people think that pranayama is the practice of breathing, um, but it's not. It's not. It turns out that it's not. Prana is not breath. People think that prana is breath. It's oxygen. It's air. It's not. It is. It's not. And it's not the, the vital force that people talk about either. Um, and the way that we've been, or the way that we are being taught prana from a traditional and very historical kind of way is that prana is the um, the governing force of the universe you know it's, it's the overseer of creation it's it's the it's the knowledge it's the it's the constant changing of everything around you from the cells in your body to the seasons to the the color of the leaves on the trees to the, the earth spinning around the, the sun and so on prana is you know it's a continuously changing phenomenon but it was really really interesting because um we moved through the lesson quite well and we were talking a lot about um egoism and and kind of letting go of ego and letting go of self and, and things like that and we came onto the topic of food now food is something that i've talked about a lot in my career as a as a nutrition coach and as a personal trainer um, but never from this perspective. So this was really quite interesting. Um, so your body, when you look at your physical body, and I'm not going to go into too much on this because it does go really, really deep. Um, but your physical body is just one part of your body. So in, in Vedic terms, in Ayurvedic terms, and in yoga terms, and all of those kind of ancient historical philosophies and sciences you have a five layer body so you have your physical body which is your anamaya kosha so you've got your pancha maya kosha pancha is five in sanskrit um so you've got your pancha maya kosha system so you've got your five energy sheaves or your five energetic bodies or five subtle bodies whatever you want to label however you want to call them five layers of your body and your anamaya kosha is your physical body that's what you see that's what you touch that's that's what you pick things up with you know it's that's your physical body touch 
Um, inside that you have your pranamaya kosha, which is your energetic level one. And you go down through the layers and you get to Ananda Maya Kosha, which is the final sheath, which is the bliss body, which is the, the kind of the final body before you go to your soul. Um, but going back to the uh, Anamaya Kosha, I'm rambling a little bit, I'm losing my train of thought, so apologies. Going back to the Anamaya Kosha, we were talking about food. And Guru Ji said, um, you know, every part of our body is made of food. So food is technically your body and your body is technically food but when you go to the grocery store you don't look at food and say that is me you know you are not at one with the food you are not one with the food and there was a lot of questions coming up about this and a lot of things that were going on and and people were you know getting a bit confused and and really the lesson of what he was trying to say the point of what he was trying to say was you know, food is your body and your body is food, but food is not you. And and what, what I translated that as, what I took that as, is you are not your body. You know, you are your soul. Your body is how you experience your human life, how you experience your, your time in this world. So food is your body, your body is food, but you are not your body. You are your soul. Um... And, and he gave some really nice analogies actually, he, gave, he said basically, you know, if you think of like a meadow, there's flowers, and flowers come with the seasons and they go with the seasons, we, our body is basically like a flower of the universe, we come and we go, we, we, we grow, we wilt, we, we fade away, um, and it was really, really kind of, uh, that, that kind of moment where people go, wow, really I'm actually talking to someone with quite philosophical views on this which which really kind of blew us away so anyway um these these lectures are going on for i've got another two and a half weeks of this course well actually i've got another four months five months of this course because i'm, I'm doing like the the self-paced course rather than the 25 day course but i am trying to learn as much as i can whilst in this kind of lockdown come don't want to go out come not meant to be going out kind of situation um so i am actually in one of the parts of the uk that are we're like an area of intervention in terms of the coronavirus so yeah we're, we're being told to work from home and not not go out so yeah the, the, i'm not going to go as deep as guru g went because to be quite frank i am not a guru and i will probably confuse the matter but I just wanted to talk really in general about this this whole philosophy of, of food um, and and food your body being made up of the food that you eat and it kind of got me thinking you know the foods that we eat what are we eating that actually makes the body because if you're just eating junk food so okay we can look at food from a I want to eat healthy kind of perspective I want to eat better perspective I want to lose weight perspective um but how well are we eating you know if we look at it as food is what makes our body um can it change our perception or our our choices in terms of what food we are eating so i've become a lot more conscious actually over the last few months i've always been conscious of what i eat but i I will eat junk food from time to time because i'm human and, and 
sometimes it's nice to just have a big burger or a pizza or something like that. But over the last few months, with with the changes that I have made in my lifestyle and, and things that I have learned since the end of last year, have have massively changed my opinion on a lot of things and my perception of things. And I have changed the foods that I eat. You know, I I crave. Uh, fresh fruit and vegetables now it's, it's kind of like during the day all I eat is fruit and vegetables and, and occasionally I'll have like a glass of um, almond milk or something like that um, I've got in my fridge at the moment there's, there's I think there's 10 coconuts in my fridge at the moment and I drill the top of the coconut out with two holes and I drink the coconut water from the actual coconut rather than going and buying a carton of coconut, oil, uh, coconut water um you know, and we're still trying to work out quite how to... If anyone's got any tips on this, by the way, then I'd love to hear them. How do you get the flesh out of a coconut shell easily? Because this is something that we have been struggling with. So if you've got any tips on how to get coconut out of a coconut shell easily, then I would love to hear from you. Um, because we'd really like to use the flesh of the coconut rather than wasting it. Um, obviously, we use coconut oil for a lot of things. We put coconut our dog absolutely loves coconut we we put coconut in some of our foods and things like that so it would be really nice to be able to use some of that flesh from the fruit rather than buying like these slightly dried out shriveled up looking flakes that you get in the supermarket so yeah what i mean what i'm saying is it's is kind of like the um if if our body is made of food would that change our perception and our perspective on how we eat food? Would it change how we feel about food? And, and would it change how we prepare and eat our food? So a lot of people, and, and one of the lectures I was on yesterday, the, the, the Hatha Yoga lecture that I was on yesterday, they were talking about um, going to the toilet, of all things. They were talking about going to the toilet. And I know a lot of Indian people who live in the UK who have been criticised for standing on the toilet seat to go to the toilet. And no one's ever really... I don't know if it's because no one's ever bothered to ask or because it's so different that you feel that you're going to slightly offend someone to ask. But our teacher actually yesterday explained why they do this. And it's because the commodes in India, they never used to have like these toilets. So they used to squat. And actually, according to Ayurveda... To, to stand or sit like that when you're going to the toilet helps you eliminate better um, so this is something that we were we were discussing um, the, the random things that we discussed in between topics yesterday um, but and that again it got me thinking and I was like well you know these people obviously ancient sort of traditions and, and, and beliefs they obviously meant something, um, but we've become so convenience-led and busy in our lives that we we crave the the creature comforts. We crave the you know the, the slightly heated toilet seat or the little sprayer that squirts your bum and cleans your bum after you've been to the loo. But obviously if we were eating the right kind of foods to make our body healthy and keep our gut healthy, then going to the toilet wouldn't be a problem in the first place. And that was kind of how we got onto that topic. 
So it's just kind of food for thought today, really. I'm just rambling now, so I'm going to actually cut short because we've kind of hit the 28 minute mark now. So we are kind of approaching, I'm yawning as well now, we're kind of approaching that that point where I, I switch off. But I just want to, you know, if you've got any thoughts or any uh, opinions on anything that I've said, then I'd love to hear from you. If you've got any tips on how to remove coconut flesh from the shell, then definitely get in touch because I need to know. Um, and if you're interested in learning more about the ancient traditions of yoga, then hit me up and I will get some more podcasts made. So anyway, until next time, stay nourished and I'll speak to you all soon. Take care. Bye.